revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Welcome to the Revolutionary Sports Front, Big Day, front, Episode front, 13. Front. Uh, we, uh, we have a very special occasion uh, on our hands right now. Joe himself in the flesh. Hello. Uh, all four of us together. It's no more uh, Skyping from Seattle. We are uh, all four under one roof, the boys, and this is, uh, we're knocking on midnight. There's drinks flowing around. This is just, you couldn't ask for more. Um, we got a lot on our plate today. Um, we got the Red Wings, of course. Ken Holland had some interesting things to say. We're going to talk about some off-season things. Interesting um, to say the least. NFL draft, of course. Our Detroit Lions. There's a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about with that. Um, the NBA. The first round is over. The bad teams are gone, including our, your Pistons. And uh, so we'll talk about some of that. We got soccer talk, of course. We all know I love that, and it's just a big day in general. We have a lot to a uh, lot to cover. The boys are good and boozed up, and uh, we're gonna do a sports show. Joe, hey, Hi. so uh, you know, before we get into the Red Wings talk here, uh, I, I just want to go around the room and, and see what everybody's drinking tonight, and I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up. But Frank, I want to start with you. I want to know what you're sipping on, and Gerard and Tony, and uh, you know, just just to give the fans an idea what what we're sipping on tonight, and a little. You know, we're all getting a little tipsy, so uh, I want them to know what direction we're heading uh, toward the end of the show here. So, yeah. Frank. Okay. Well, thanks to you, I got I just threw a couple cubes into a glass and uh, put some single barrel Jack over the cubes. No water, no no uh, no Coke, just just straight up. Uh, that's all I'm I'm working with right now. About three fingers full. I like your three finger theory, Frankie, for a lot of things, but specifically for drinking. Uh, I got a little Jack and Coke single barrel as well, courtesy of Joey. I need a little Coke for a little pick-me-up. It's been a long day, horrible day on the course today. It got rained out after 9. Tony, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Woodford Reserve on the rocks with a splash of water. Tony's on his fifth cocktail in case you hear some <laughs> yeah, slurring I mean, words. I am kind of <laughs> as an expert on your seat. And uh, I, I think I'm rounding it out. I got Only a, my third. I got about a, I think I got about a triple of, uh, of some single barrel and Coke. And the only thing that's more smooth than some single barrel is some single barrel with, uh, with some Coke. So it's it's... Absolutely fantastic. He means Coca-Cola, people. Yeah. Not cocaine. Not cocaine. That's but that would also make it smooth because your throat would go numb. Just we'll save saying. that for later. <laughs> I read it in a book once. Okay, so, guys. Let's, let's, good save. Good save. Let's get into this. All right. This. Let's get on to some sports topics. So we had Ken Holland had some interesting comments this week. Tony, can you uh, explain them a little further? Uh, yeah. Ken Holland was talking about, you know, saying – Wings fans shouldn't expect the cup every year because with parity in the league, every team has a shot to win the cup. Well, if every team has a shot to win the cup, then we should expect the cup. And don't get mad at us because we expect you to do your fucking job and bring players here to win us a cup. All right, any other comments? Uh, He also said less could be more exciting. He said less could be more exciting? Yes, like the team could play worse, but it would be more exciting. How do you feel about hearing that less could be more exciting? You know, in some things... Wait a second. Before you give your response, remember we lost in five to start the playoffs, so we could take less than losing in the first round to the Stamkos-less Lightning. There, there, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase out there that, you know, some say less is more. Absolutely does not apply in this situation. Boy, you got to win games, 
and you got to win cups. If you're going to send a team to the playoffs, I've said it before, you either go out to win the damn thing or, or you, you break it down and you start again and, and you know, go a different angle here. Um, it, it, it's the same It's the same recurring story with Holland as it is every year now, and it's it's starting to become borderline questionable what, what his goal really is with this team. Are we just going to make the playoffs every year and, and, and kind of, you know, throw our dice into the crapshoot and, and go after, you know, to go after the cup. Are we going to, are we going to make some serious moves for a change and go after the damn thing and win it? I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. And the expectations, I'll tell you one thing right now, the expectation should win the, uh, win a, win a damn game. That That's it. Expectation that, that is to win, win the championship. You play to win the game. And, uh, and if, if you're rebuilding, if you're a rebuilding team, listen, man, the fans know it, you know what I mean? You're, you're going to suck. You know, the fans know you're in rebuild mode. But, you know, you don't need to remind the fans of where you are. You know, they can see it by watching the games. They can see it from the standings. But the expectations should not be lower. You shouldn't lower the fans' expectations. And and, it, and by saying that, um, that's telling me he's trying to lower the expectations in the organization. That that's that, that doesn't – that that can't happen. Not not in Detroit. I believe another one of his comments – I believe another one of his comments before we hear from Frankie was that if we aren't going to tank it, it would take 10 to 15 years to rebuild. So that was, we got pretty much his comments. Less is more, 10 to 15 years to rebuild. Detroit fans expect too much. How do you feel about all that, Frankie? Yeah, I thought the, com- or I thought the comments that he made were a bit strange. And you got to, I mean, I'm not trying to defend the guy, but you do have to put, um, put the proximity into, into play. He was, I think he was a little overwhelmed with the, uh, the questions at the presser. But I think the point he was trying to get to was that it's not like back in the day where there's just one or two or three teams that are going to compete. And now he, I think he even alluded to that, oh, there's 30 teams that can you know compete for a cup now, which I thought was a little bit of a stretch. I mean, well, come on, there's teams out there that aren't going to compete. but Yeah, we there's teams every year we know are going to be like yeah, trying I mean, to avoid that. Like, Winnipeg's I, not going to go I, win in the cup. Honestly, you know? though, I think the Wings might be heading in that direction to where like they're going to say we know they can't win. I think right now they can't win. When the season starts next year, if the roster looks this way, I think you'd say the Wings can't win a cup. Well, we Would you guys agree? Well, you know, you know, there's there's the whole rattle off rumor. You know, there's the whole story with that. You know, he might be coming back from Russia. The, the, the fact of the matter is, rattle off comes over from from Russia, and he comes to the Red Wings, and he has a six, successful season. You can't really expect more than a twenty twenty five goal season if he if he plays very well. So you're not going to win a cup with a four like that. I mean, it's it's going to have to be a big year from Larkin, a big year from Athanasiu, somebody coming up from the minors, but. Yeah, you know we we can make the playoffs in the eighth seed again, but uh, that that's not what we want. You know we've we've got to make a push for someone like Stamkos. You got to you got to get that player in there. Um, it, it's going to take some big moves. I think one thing that he did say does ring out, and that's that you can't expect a championship because I feel like all sports fans think every year yeah, this is my team's year. You got to realize that like there's only one champion. It's impossible for it to be for everybody. So like. That's actually true, but to say le- you should like be happy with less out there and less can be more exciting, that's absolutely ridiculous. He's not lowering ticket prices. He's not freaking – he's not just sending rookies out there. It's just I can't believe that a general manager of a team would say that. And I honestly think some of the magic off Holland has fallen off. I would think that this is one of the towns where you can – you as a Red Wings fan, we do kind of explain – well, not so much years of – last couple years, but uh, – you know, you do expect championships. It's, there's certain rare teams, like the Patriots in football. I was just going to say, like the Patriots Red in Wings in hockey. You know, there's certain teams that, that do have that. And, you know, that's his, own, that's his own doing for having us expect those kind of things. Do you think that maybe 
that because we're younger, we don't remember when they called them the dead things before they got Iserman. Do you think that's part of the reason why we expect a championship every year? Yeah, because we're accustomed to it. But yeah, the Dead Wings, man, that was right before we were right before we were born. Uh, they were terrible. You know, they were a terrible team. But we just don't know anything else. So, and I think a lot of the people in the media were the ones asking those questions. And I think that's why he got overwhelmed and a little bombarded. It know? is unfair to expect a championship every year, but it's great to have those expectations. In the same way, you should always shoot for the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should go out there every year trying to win a cup. If you're going out there to get be the 10th worst team or whatever, then why are you even showing up to practice every day? Why don't you just take the millions you have and hit the golf course? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, one of the things is every team, every year their goal should be to try and become better, to have a shot to win a championship. Yes, it may be an incremental change, but you shouldn't be telling fans, oh, yeah, less can be more exciting. The only time less is more exciting is when you're paying less and seeing more wins. No, you go to the titty bar, less clothes is more exciting too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm talking about sports. I'm not talking about your uh, leisure activities. Yeah, we're not talking about <laughs> Gerard, Gerard's hobbies here. Hey, listen, you know, you know another thing that, that's kind of underrated with, you know, with the Wings too is you know, we're talking about management right now and, and guys in the front offices. You know, look, look around the league a little bit here. There, there's some coaches in the league that came from the Red Wings organization. There's some GMs in the league that came from the Red Wings organization. They're having a lot of success. You look at Tampa Bay, Steve Eisman, Dallas Stars, uh, Jim Nill. Um, there's teams that are, are putting out a good product that started and, and were groomed through our organization. And so if, if, if we become successful again uh, in, in the postseason, we're going to have to build a management team. I think, I think Holland has a challenge there as well that, uh, that can support him. And, uh, and help him. He's, he's not going to be able to do it himself, and I think right now he's, he's trying to do a little too much. Uh, he had a pretty heavy supporting cast when we won in 2008. Scotty Bowman was still around up in the office. Steve Eisenman, Jim Nill, all those guys. So um, he needs to surround himself with some, with some up-and-coming uh, faces to, uh, to, to, breed some, to breed some success. It might be a topic for another day, but I think that it's true that Steve Eiserman wanted the job of GM to replace Ken Holland, and we let him walk down to Tampa Bay. Well, we can we'll, talk about it now. It's, I mean, it's going to be old news if we talk about it next week. I mean, I just, honestly, it's I, interesting. Ken Holland's a legend, or whatever. I get that. But, like, sometimes legends have to go to make way for, like, the big tree has to fall down for the little trees to spurt. Steve Eiserman's killing it down there in Tampa Bay. He doesn't have his best player, and he's tied up 1-1 with the Rangers, and they blew him out today 4-1. Or with the Islanders, I'm sorry, the other team from New York. So we got to worry about that. But it, we could have had Eisenman, is all I'm saying, as our GM. Well, yeah. And now I we mean, have to steal him or take his contract. It's just rough. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to take a hit. Like, you know, every time someone in the Red Wings organization becomes available, they don't last long in the market. And Eisenman didn't last long. Jim No didn't last long. Some of these guys are leaving because there's opportunities elsewhere for their, their personal growth. I mean, it's, it's, it's natural. And, and Holland, at some point, Holland might have to step aside. Let, let, like, you know, an up-and-coming, um, you know, guy, a guy with an eye for the new age, um, it, you know, kind of change the direction a little bit. He's, he had, he had, I, think he had the, I think he had a good plan to start, but, uh, you know. Well, we talked it, about that last show. We talked about it last show when we talked about Holland and what we think. Uh, we, we all agreed that he wouldn't be, he shouldn't be fired, but uh, he definitely is, like, on a little, you know, fan probation in, in you know, our eyes. So. I, I call it an extremely hot seat Oh, right double now. secret probation. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, double secret probation, hotter than hot seat. I mean, Ken Holland's got some work to do this summer, boys. Yeah, well, I mean, there were reports earlier this week that actually uh, right before Eiserman left the organization, the Illiches went to Holland and asked him to take a role above the GM role, basically, in the front office. So that way they can make Eiserman the GM. 
And Helen said, no, I'm good where I'm at. I don't want to move up in the organization, basically. And so then since Eisman didn't get the GM job, he went to Tampa Bay to take their GM job. Yeah. That's, Two things yeah. real quick. I think that shows that with the comments Illich made, he literally thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And for a long time... You mean time, Ken Holland? Ken Holland, yeah. Ken Holland thinks he's the smartest guy in the room when it comes to hockey. And for a long time, there he was. But a lot of that had to deal with no salary cap. And it's not hard to see Fedorov, Iserman, and Shanahan are good players. But down the stretch, he should have, you know, taken a step back, let Iserman move up. So hindsight being twenty twenty, guys, do you think they should have let Iserman come up then and moved Holland higher in the organization? Hindsight twenty twenty, um, I, I I think so. You know, he you know just before that, he his resume was based off him being a GM for Team Canada um, in the Olympics there, where they won a gold. Um, you know, we we had a cup, we had a cup there in '08, uh, where he was he was a you know a big big member of that front office there. Um, he really played a huge role in uh, in, in how how he managed personnel and um, and clearly. Canada thought he was thought he was a pretty good choice to make him the GM of their Olympic team. So um, it it didn't take long for for Tampa to to agree. So and you, you see where Tampa Bay is now. So. Yeah, if you want to talk hindsight, man, I don't even would, wouldn't even think about Eisman. If you're talking hindsight, I just think that it's a bad job in general by the entire organization for uh, for wasting. You had the perhaps the best player, two-way player in the entire world, and he wasted the last good years of his career, I think. You could have – I mean, you have a guy – Oh, don't make like, it sad, Frankie. Well, no, I'm just saying if you have a guy like Datsuk and, and Zetterberg, who's, you know, I'd say top 20 in the league or at, in his prime, top, top 25, 30 player in the league, uh, you know, those guys are people you build a, a cup-winning team around. And from 09 till just now when Datsuk retired, I think it was a waste. Looking back, if you want to talk hindsight, I think it was all a big waste. I mean, we're going to have to get rid of some some real assets. What what people right now see as assets, I'm talking like Tatar, Nyquist, some some names like that, Jimmy Howard. Nyquist has got to go. I still like Thomas Tatar, but that's mostly because he has I, funny posts on Facebook. Yeah, so I, like, I, like, I like Tatar, too. I think he's a good character guy. He's got wicked hands. He's quick. Uh, turns out he had a pretty messed up shoulder in the first round there. Um, not to make excuses for the guy. Everyone Everyone's banged up in the playoff. But, uh, you know... They're gonna have to really give up, you know. They're gonna have to do what Holland has refused to do: is, is give up something to get something. And I think right now we have a lot of quantity, but we don't have very much quality. And yeah, when's uh, the last time there's been a deal that meant anything? And speaking of Seriously. quality, no, you you're actually right. Earlier, isn't Radulov about to become available? Right, and that's that's what I was saying earlier. He's available. In, he's available in Russia right now. We we can make a move for him. We can sign him, but um, we have to figure out where we're gonna get the money because. I don't. I don't think Holland is in any position to get into a bidding war with other teams for for this rally. I mean, the, 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 there's no way you can pay the guy near, anywhere near six million dollars. I wouldn't even pay him four million dollars if he wants to come over for about three, two and a half. Okay, let's give our you know. listeners a little more perspective on Radulov. He played for Nashville, if I'm correct. Right, he played for Nashville. And real, why did he leave the NHL? So he was a real good forward. He had a little bit of trouble in uh, Nashville, um, off the ice issues. Um, then uh, I think. Trying to think of who he's playing for. He, well, he came back to he went over to Russia, and then he came back and played for Nashville again. Then him and uh, Andre Kostitsin uh, had a off off uh, off ice incident. They missed curfew, and so he kind of got booted back to Russia once again. And um, those were in his younger days. A little bit of background on him: fifteenth overall pick. So he's he's got a talent. Um, he was supposed to be good. And he was fulfilling that role. I mean, he, you know, I remember watching him play against the Red Wings. I was like, oh, you know, here we go again. Rattle off has the puck. Um, so I was, I was happy when he went to Russia. 
um, still being in the division with, with Nashville. But, uh, that you know, talking to a lot of people right now with the Rings are looking into is they're saying he's matured, he's got a kid now, he's kind of starting to live like a more of a grown-up life. So that, that could be a good sign, and, if, and the, wings, the Wings are investigating, so... I hate to bust your bubble, guys. I don't think he's coming here, but that's just that's just my personal. Opinion. I mean, it's not Why so much. He? I don't. I don't. I would also agree that he's probably not coming here. But well, would you want him if we could get him? Well, here, here's yeah, one. Good. Here's one reason he could come here is he has a short list of teams he would go to when we're on it. So that's that's All one right. reason why he would go. come. Tony, to Detroit. would you want him to come to Detroit? I mean, part of it though is with off ice incidents. It's one of those where Detroit usually is known for having a really good locker room good team chemistry, which helps them play better. And if you got a guy who's out partying all the time, it may kind of disrupt some of that. So you don't want issue. him in Detroit, or you do? If he's going to help the team, I want him here. But if he's going to be a distraction and possibly be a bad influence on some of these younger players, then no, I don't want him here. You know, honestly, the Red Wings do have too many good two-shoes on their team. We need one bad boy. Like Sagan down there in Dallas, he was a bad boy in Boston. And he's a bad boy now in Dallas, and I like that. I like a little bit of spice. Patrick Kane's the same way. I want him, and I want him to come here, be drinking, scoring goals, and, you know, hooking up with the ladies. Well, I'll meet you halfway. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, I just, I'll meet you halfway. I, I just think I don't think we need character issue, guys. As much as I love character issues, but I think we need some toughness. <laughs> Every team needs one or two character issue, guys. We NFL. need some toughness. We got you know too many Europeans. Uh, you know they, they, that's the old cliche with Detroit. Yeah, we need some tough guys. I don't know about corrupting the youth. You know we don't need this guy coming over here and going out getting bombed with youth? Tatar. I, I honestly, I, he's not. He's not like that bad. I mean, he had, he had like a he had a. He got deported. He had a, he had a curfew. <laughs> he got deported, boys. Yeah, he had a, he had a no curfew. No more of the story. Yeah, he had a curfew violation, Not boys. He didn't, like, kill somebody. You know, it, listen, he, he's a big body. He can put the puck in the net. I mean, that that's all I really care about, honestly. <laughs> what he does off the what he does off That's the what ice, I'm saying. I'm saying as every long as it ain't on the news, you need about 90%. It's almost like herd immunity, but 90% good and 10% bad. You can't get a disease. You can't have a team get corrupt. You can have 10% of your team just be bad boys, and you need that. You need a little flavor and spice in your locker room. Look at the Cowboys in the 90s. Hey, man. I say bring the rain. Hey, listen, listen, man. Oh, you mean when they were like, had Michael Irvin just doing tons of I don't care about the, I, I'm, I'm over the community stuff. Let's go win some damn Stanley Cups. Yeah, let's win some Stanley Cups. Joe wants to talk about one more hockey issue before we move on to the NFL draft. Draft, draft, draft. That That's issue is uh, draft. <laughs> the Leafs got the number one overall pick today. I believe it's a lottery system, and the NBA, the team with the best odds, I four out of the last six years, something like that, hasn't got the top pick, but the Leafs just lucked into it this year. I just, what do know, you think about that, Joe? You seem pretty fired up by conspiracy theory. You know, I, I just, God almighty. Yeah, paint man. us a picture. I feel like the picture was painted all season that the, the Toronto was going to get that number one overall pick. I mean, I, obviously they tanked out. They traded away every player they could. Um, but I, I don't know, something in me – you know, wonders if there's a few more ping pong balls or the maple leaf on it in that uh, in that old lottery bag. So, well, they uh, did have the best odds this year to get the top. Yeah, pick, so. they had the best odds. You know, I mean, I, I think I think they had a little bit of better odds than everyone than advertised. Yeah, you can but. talk odds all day, but I mean, you go to the casino, put fifty on red ten times in a row, you're not going to come back with even money. You're going to lose I, something. You know it, what I mean? It's just, it's just it's just getting a little ridiculous. It's like what is the whole league pulling? For Toronto to win a Stanley Cup, Brendan Shanahan's the, the president of VP. You have Lou Lamarillo, one of the you know one of the best GMs in hockey, went up to Toronto. Mike Babcock, the best coach in hockey, went up to Toronto. He's got two good forwards. He's about to get number one overall pick, and there's all these other rumors that 
usually end up being true because the way hockey is, that Stamkos is going to Toronto. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it kinda, all right. It so we, me. we got Joey Simmons conspiracy theory. I want to ask Frank and Tony what percentage you believe the league wants Toronto to win a cup to bring the Stanley Cup back to Canada for the first time, and it's got to be over thirty years now, right? Something like that. To Canada. It's been a long time since Canada raised the while. cup. It's been a while. Oh yeah, Vancouver lost to Boston. Uh, we'll look that up. I'm 1993, sorry. the Canadians won it. Yeah, so it's been since 1993 since the Canadians got to raise the cup in their homeland. So, do you buy in this conspiracy? So 23. How years. much are you buying into this conspiracy? Years. There you go. 23. Uh, out of 10. One out of 10. Um, I can't even give you. I mean, a one. I don't really. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I mean, I, I'm sure. Would it, would it be good for the NHL? Would they like to see it? Yeah, but I really. I mean, as much as I'd like to get into that stuff, I don't think there's any extra ping pong balls or any any hidden agendas. As far as that goes, I just can't go that far. If there is, then wow. But I mean, I mean there's I no point in watching this sport. If there is Tony. Do you believe in this conspiracy theory? I don't believe that there's like a conspiracy, but I definitely think that Batman and a lot of people in the league offices want Toronto to sure. do a lot better. Because yeah, that's the conspiracy theory, Tony. That Batman is actively rooting for Toronto to do better. That's the conspiracy. Then yeah, obviously you're I gonna mean, add ping pong balls. You, that would leak tomorrow. But I'm saying, do you think Batman would like? Batman should be neutral. Well, he doesn't we all, care we all who know, wins. We all know Batman's helping out his southern teams, too. All his Florida teams, all the chintzy calls in that Islanders series, man. I'll tell you what. I've never seen this soft, such a soft game. All right. We don't so I think double- we can all agree that the Red Wings have a lot to prove. It's the bottom line here. The Red Wings have a lot to prove this offseason. And bring some yeah. tough guys in. And Gary Batman is an asshole. All right. Matt Martin from the New Tony York Islanders come sign with Detroit. <laughs> Tony's already getting cut off in the first All time. right. We'll be back in uh, no time for you guys, about five minutes NFL in real time. Draft. Yeah, we need to uh, refill our drinks here. RSF, Tony, you're done drinking. RSF. All right, guys. Welcome back. RSF. Um, Quick note, we're going to pick the energy level up a little bit here, talking some NFL draft. I mean, no one wants to talk about the Wings getting eliminated and Ken Holland pretty much downplaying our... sore spot in our hearts. And Holland downplaying our success is not necessarily fun to talk about, but it's our job, so that's why things started off a little dry. But here we go. Uh, We had the NFL draft this weekend. Um, Most of us, the smart ones in the room, are Lions fans, so we're going to get into that. Um, I want to say smart ones, bro. Okay, (laughs) all right. So we're going to do our best pick, the most puzzling pick. You know, we got the whole thing with the... uh, with the tonsil, the, the tackle out of the Ole Miss, the man of color who got busted or on tape smoking pot. We'll get into that. Um, you know, there's just a lot to talk about with the draft. And, and taking money. This is gonna be, pot, taking money. This is going to be the backbone of the show, so we're just going to dive right in and uh, and talk about this. So let's start with uh, the best picks, I guess. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go around uh, the room. Who do you think should go first, Frankie? Uh, well, I'm going to start with Joe. Because <laughs> he's in town at the table. <laughs> because I can I actually like see him in the flesh. Oh, I like it. I like it. You know, so I'm, I'm going to say this is, this is my best pick because it's also my favorite pick. Because this was so Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, man. Like, I can, I can just see serious? him. I can just see him walking out of the field with two, you know, five carat diamonds hanging from his earlobes. Uh, <laughs> throwing that helmet on and oh, running man. for a thousand yards. I with a crop top? Yeah, with a, with a crop top. I mean, I could, I could see him wearing rings that he doesn't even need to be wearing on the field, like, you know, under his gloves. It's just, it's so, that is so Dallas Cowboys. That is so Jerry Jones. Is you know what? I'm with you there. I like that you back. say it's so much Cowboys because you remember Jerry Jones has always regretted not 
drafted Randy Moss back in the day. He like really hates himself for it. That's why I took Daz. That's why I take more more Claiborne. He's afraid he's gonna miss the next Hall of Famer, so he took uh, Ezekiel Elliott because he thinks he's gonna be a Hall of Famer instead of taking the smart pick. And uh, I think it's not uh, Jalen. No. Bosa was gone. Uh, Jalen Ramsey out of Florida State. But you know, I agree with you. That was a pretty good pick. Tony, who do you think was the best pick in the draft? Uh, for me. I mean, value-wise, I would say Laramie Tunsil going to the Dolphins because he had that uh, video incident, so he dropped down in the draft. And therefore, instead of going to the Ravens, he dropped down and went to the Dolphins. You know, value-wise, what what kind of value to put on the on the weed in that side that gas mask? That's what I want to know. Weed market roughly three dollars and forty-two cents, but uh. But uh, tell me, when you said value pick, I thought you were going to be talking about the Lions long snapper pick. You know what I'm saying? Value. Value world, motherfucker. But uh, my best pick, I, I can't believe he fell that far, was uh, Jalen Ramsey from Florida State. And I know that they were criticizing him for like, not having good hands, but you play defense because you don't have good hands. He's arguably the best athlete in the draft. He should be a shutdown corner. If you bust like more Claiborne, you know, I'll admit it, I can't can't predict everything, but... He's truly, honestly, probably the most talented player in the draft, in a draft that lacked a lot of superstars. And I can't believe he didn't. I think he should have gone third. But, Frankie, how do you, uh, who's your best player? Uh, you know, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to have to agree with Tone. Um, you know, I don't think the weed, the weed thing is that big of a deal. This guy uh, is said that he could have been the first overall pick if it wasn't for the quarterbacks and things like that. He's really talented, and if he can keep his stuff together, um, and it's just weed and the stepdad thing, it wasn't domestic violence. If he can just keep that stuff under control, um, it's, it seems like 13 was a, a big-time pick, kind of like um, how when the Lions got – I think it was 13 also when the Lions if got Fairly. I agree. You guys are – Yeah, except Fairly's except problem. Fairly's fat and sucked. Well, yeah, well, fair, that was the thing. Was Fairly's problem was they said that he didn't – give 100% all the time, and he wasn't a high-motor player. Right. And Tunzel has a great And mo- that's why he was fat and out of Tunzel shape and has all the, the physical lines. abilities to be a future Hall of Famer, so as long as he gets the weed thing under control, and we'll talk about his weed issues later, you know, that is a great pick for Miami to have. Their offensive line is aging. You can never have too many good Him and tackles. Dalmas will be chilling down there, man. Oh, that might be some problems. Soon. All right, let's move on real quick. We're going to go to puzzling picks. What picks did you guys find puzzling? Frankie, you'll go first because you're my right. We'll go flip this bitch counterclockwise. Um, you know what? A puzzling pick for me until I found out who the guy was. I mean, this is later on. I'm I'm speaking just for the Lions, but was the uh, the Killebrew man? I I didn't know that there was any uh, white safeties left, and I think that's awesome. And uh, seriously, and I think that was my most puzzling pick when they said this guy. First of all, his name was puzzling, and the uh, the position he play plays really puzzled me. So that's right. I'm just being honest. So guys. for our listeners that have never seen Key and Peele, it's a great show that used to be on County Central. You need to look up. Uh, is that NCAA players? Key and Peele, Miles it's like Killa- the East West game or East, something. East West yeah, game. Then game, games yeah. they they did a little fake uh, Sports Center segment with uh, I believe it's Key the other day, but just YouTube it and they just come up with these names like they're just the most ridiculous. Kringle name. McKringleberry. Yeah, Kringle McKringleberry and Miles Killebrew sounds exactly out of that skit. I think they actually did a skit using real names and it was even funnier. So we're gonna shoot to Tony on his puzzling pick. We'll save Joey for uh, second to last. Uh, for me, it's more of a non-pick, and it's the fact that uh, the Packers, who have said they want to move Clay Matthews to outside, linebacker from inside, and Clay Matthews said he wanted to go back outside, and they haven't 
they didn't draft an inside linebacker in the first three right. rounds. So, so you were thinking they were probably going to go Reggie Ragland in the first round. Is that is that? What I thought at? they were going to go Reggie Ragland in the first round. Yes, because yeah. I mean, uh, you want right. to move Clay back outside. He's your best pass rusher. Pump the brakes there, Tony. Okay, as an avid Packers fan and a member and founder and king of the Aaron Rodgers fan club, I got to say, founder. Okay, get here. Pump the brakes. The well, the Packers Ragland isn't somebody. the answer at inside linebacker, and there wasn't somebody there, and the Packers are known for drafting the best overall talent. They took a 20-year-old D-tackle. If he plays for 10 years and develops over the first five, you know, he's going to be great. They've missed on a lot of defensive linemen in the first okay, round. Okay, why did they pick an outside linebacker in the third round instead of an inside linebacker? Yeah, he can play inside in the 3-4. Clay's probably going to stay there. they got Sam Barrington coming back. They can never have enough linebackers. They're trying to get bigger oh, up front. The, the quote-unquote Packers fan getting shown up by his brother on like live, show, on live radio. The best player available in their own mind. They, what they, they took Quentin Rollins in the first round last year. That turned out pretty well. How huh? they let Casey Hayward oh, leave instead of paying a bunch of freaking money? I, I think... I, I think uh, BJ Raji left. They took a D tackle. He's young. He could develop, or he could turn okay, into a Justin Harrell. I'm just saying, if you want to move Clay Matthews back outside when he's your best pass rusher, why are you not? They drafting didn't believe. An inside linebacker? They didn't believe in any inside linebackers in the draft at that point, Tony. Would they just reach and take Miles Jack or take Raglan? Right, this I isn't, just, this isn't just, Packer Nation. Go ahead, then. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I don't with the, with the linebacker explanation taking the outside before the inside guy. Uh, the the bang for your buck. Um, as far as picking the guy in certain rounds, um, they got they got Martinez from uh, from from Stanford there in, in the next round. Um, you know, I, I think I think when it came, you know, the, the the best bang for your buck as far as you know talent and, and position wise, um, the the inside linebacker just wasn't there this year. And, and right now, they got some guys that they think they can hold up. And you know, next year if the, if uh, if a freak inside you know linebacker comes around and he's he's available for the Packers, they'll probably take him. The best bang for your buck is Rodgers falling off a cliff. Okay, that's All the right. best bang for <laughs> your buck. Wow, Before right. we get to Kraus exposing pick, I like to just point out in the draft, you're in the best position if you're taking the best player available at that point. You know what I mean? If you're trying to fill a void like how the Rams traded up for Goff and the Eagles traded up for Wentz, you're saying we need a quarterback, so we're gonna get as high as we can and take the best. It normally ends up failing for you. It rarely works. I can't think of really an example where it does work. So. I think that they saw what they needed to see, and they took the freaking 20-year-old D-tackle. And there wasn't any good inside linebackers in this draft because of Miles Jack's knee injury. Krasik, what's your puzzling pick? So, so my puzzling pick was um, was Jalen Smith. No, I think I think when Jalen Smith another comes example back of healthy, uh, Dallas, Dallas Jerry Jones will not pass up a future Hall of Famer. No, uh, no, my my puzzling pick was uh, was actually Cook to the Raiders. Um, so I was, tu- I was tuning into Sports Center. I saw the pick. Um, I think my thought was the guy's been a quarterback for for a good team for a few years now. He's been on a lot of high level games. I thought he had some, maybe you know if you want if you want to talk about big games played and and you know center stage type type thing, um, he's probably had better position than the other quarterbacks uh, combined. You know in the draft. Um, and for him to go in the was it the fourth round to the Raiders who have a, a pretty good quarterback who's, who's getting better every year. I have to check the stats, but I'm pretty sure he's ten and two against teams ranked in the top ten. Yeah, so I mean, he beat Ohio State twice. Uh, he played Alabama. Um, you know, brought a Rose Bowl back to the Big Ten. You know, finally. yeah, won a Rose Bowl. He's been a big Big Ten championship. Uh, what won won a big game against Iowa last year. I mean, and he was doing that hurt last year, so he wasn't he wasn't hundred percent. You know the guy's a gamer. 
Um, and, and so it's, you know, and the Raiders, I don't know what they were looking for. You know, maybe they wanted a good backup. You never know these days, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta be deep, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it was puzzling I think to, to me. solve that puzzle, Joe, you need to look at the Cowboys last year. You know, Tony Romo goes down. They go from being a contender in the NFC East to being the yeah, that's true. You know, fourth. Scrambling so, for quarterbacks. You never can stay healthy in this league. Derek Carr goes down, and you're trying to make the playoffs. Don't you rather have him back there than I don't even who they were rolling out there last year? You know what I mean? Terrell Pryor. No, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. you know what I mean. So like, I think the, I'm pretty sure the Raiders traded into that pick. I did a little more research to figure that they out. They did. They did trade. So that they pick. traded that pick. Yep. So what they saw was Cook dropped to the fourth round, and they thought this is our chance. We need a great backup. And I don't know why Cook fell. I think it has to do with his leadership issues, which I don't believe in. But that's a topic for another day, maybe MSU Radio. But uh, they saw an opportunity yeah, to get a top five quarterback in this draft <laughs> in the fourth round. <laughs> I love you, Frankie. But uh, they did what they had to do. They got a great backup. And I mean, in the league, how many teams have a good backup? You know, yeah, you got true. Arizona with Stanton, who's solid. The Lions do now. Oh, we'll get to the line, that, that, that later. But, uh, yeah, yeah the like, state of Michigan. When man. Matt Flynn was coming for the Packers, that saved him to win the division. You know, there's a lot of th- good things that happen when you have a good backup quarterback. And now the Raiders have that. So I get why they did it, but it's puzzling to me. Tom Brady was a backup at one point. Yeah, Tom Brady sucks cock and hell, but, uh, no, I love Tom Brady. Whoa. He's a fucking man. Whoa. 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 People in listener land just disregard that. Kids I mean, that listen okay. to this show. Let's, I'm sorry, he's a cheater. People. I would hope not. Okay, no, so yeah, hopefully there's no kids. No one else was puzzled by a white safety. I get it. And then also we've talked about the Packers and State for too long, so I think we should move move a little bit. Towards... All right, let's go. Let's go to Jerry's puzzling pick, and we'll move forward. I don't oh, have yeah. any idea, and this kind of will t- touch on a topic later. Why the hell you draft a long snapper? Okay, I get you need one. When it's long, the Lions. When your long snapper goes down, end of right, explanation. You do need somebody. But nobody else was going to draft this guy. You could have got him in the freaking. It's like that kicker they took. What was it? They could have signed him as a as a free agent. Unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Janikowski, if you're referring to him, was a great pickup by the Raiders. I'm not talking about Janikowski, the Raiders. I'm talking about the kicker the Lions drafted in the fourth round a couple oh, years ago. Nate Freeze, I think it was. Yes, whoever that kicker was that had those YouTube videos of him kicking field goals. Oh, no, yeah. Kickalicious was one of them. Kickalicious? Yeah, Kickalicious. Yeah, He's still Kick-alicious around. Kickalicious wasn't drafted, he was an unsigned <laughs> free agent. Oh, he was? Yeah. Freeze was the guy who competed with him who we drafted in the fourth round. And okay. both of them either, either way, Freeze didn't make the team. Like, Aguayo going to the Detroit or uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Aguayo, that kicker might be a Hall of Fame kicker. I think there's only one kicker in the Hall of Fame, so that probably won't happen, but we'll see. But, Jason Hansen would have to be. Jason Why Hansen the hell would you take a long snapper, dude? You can't hit the long snapper. You don't need him to be big and physical or anything. You literally can roll up. The, USC has a blind long snapper. Literally, he's blind, legally blind, can't see shit, and he's long snapping. The Lions are out there, not in the seventh round, not the seventh, not undrafted. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, snapping a football that long. Like, if, I, if I put my hand two inches from this long snapper's face, like, he couldn't see it. That's how blind he is. I'd have to check into that. He's got he's to be able to see something, man. He, I, I mean, that's that guy. Un, that's unfounded. I, that guy have brain damage. No, they did a special on him last year on game day. No, he, yeah, he has a degenerative eye disease. He was a long snapper. He lost his eyesight. He's legally blind. They have to walk him out there. They God. play him in the spring game. But you can't hit long snappers, so it doesn't matter if you're out there. I've literally never seen Ellis pop. When Ellis popped up the screen, hit him when he goes I thought it was like left right? safety. I didn't even know that was an actual abbreviation that ESPN had or that NFL Network had. How does he know how far away the, uh, the kicker is? It's just a simple arm motion, dude. You've never seen this guy? Okay, for our listeners out no, there. No, it's not just look a simple up arm motion, man. There's weather. There's like the uh, dude, okay, All right. Look up blind long snare for USC. It's truly incredible. What I'm saying is a blind man can do it. You don't have to draft a player to do it. You can find stars in the sixth round. Is this why USC fired their coach this year? 
Because <laughs> he's hiring blind long snappers. Oddly enough, showing up all like the back of long snapper. He only plays. He only plays in the spring game. But uh, he was actually a Lane Kiffin. <laughs> he got a scholarship on Lane Kiffin. It was that long ago. Oh I think he's still gosh. there. But yeah, but Lane <laughs> Kiffin's now considered like an offensive genius because he just wanted. Oh, it. we all we all know he's doing shit, man. Nick Saban's giving a play like you're here. Run this, smartass. <laughs> yeah, that was a big joke play. When, uh, Doug Nussmeier came with to Michigan from Alabama. All Michigan fans were like, "Oh, we stole him from Alabama." Nah, Nick Saban let him leave. You don't move laterally in college football. You only move up or down, and he moved down. But enough on our puzzling picks and best picks. Let's talk about, you know, I like the word mockery for this situation. Travis Sham mockery. Travis D. Sham and a mockery. This whole, what's, what's his name, Tony? Laramie Tunsil. Laramie. How is it a mockery? It's just, okay, it's a mockery because the next day on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith is yelling about how this is like a purposeful attack on this young man's life. Ten minutes before the draft to leak this bong video. No shit. That's not breaking news. Everybody knows somebody's trying to extort him. And they didn't pay him, so he leaked it to try to ruin his draft stack. I believe the experts calculated he lost seven million dollars over this. Yeah, because he would have probably because the Ravens even said they would have drafted him if the video hadn't come out. So what's the take? What are you saying? I'm saying that it just turned the NFL draft, which is already like people watching the draft already kind of sickens me because you can see the results the next day. And then now you have this draft going on. Oh, come on. And this guy's draft is it's an experience. He's in a press conference afterward talking how he they interviewed old Mrs. Coach before they talked to Tunzel. And then the reporter goes with Tunzel after he's drafted. And he's like, is that you in the video? But it's her third question. A real reporter would have been like, why are you smoking pot in a video on Twitter? That would have been her first question. Or not her third down the line. You know, this is just, this is just another example. It just adds to the comedy show that the NFL is, man. It's just another, another way, uh, uh, you know, I watched his interview later that night live. Um, where you just got he just sat there and got eaten alive by the NFL media. Uh, no, no, uh, no agent there to to say anything for him or help him out. And eventually, some lady I don't know who she was uh, came in there and said he was done and he got got him out of there. I mean, th- this is th- this is just a mess. I thought he handled himself pretty well given the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't, I mean he was he was I mean, he was sweating pretty bad. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> before we continue on. How he handled, or before we continue on more about his pot smoking, I think that admitting that he took money was a good thing because if it comes down the line that he did and he said no, you know the truth will set you free. Bill Clinton should have just told the truth. You yeah, I mean, got it's, it's great that he told the truth. That that was that was probably the best thing he did. But, yeah, well, good. It was what for yeah. a three hundred hour light bill. Good for him. You know, that's the only, the only thing I'm gonna put on. It. The only thing I'm gonna put on Tunsil is that he, he, you know, he did what he did, and he's. I mean, he's being open about it. That's great. But I mean, you know, the, the yeah, way to avoid this is not I, to do honestly, that kind of crap. We're I mean, also it's college. But, I don't know why you would do something like that. It's almost like you're giving a free pass because he admitted it, and the truth will set you free, like I just said. But there should be some punishment down the line for him taking money. Well, my question is: Reggie the, what, Bush didn't get punished. Really? Reggie Bush doesn't have a Heisman. They stripped his Heisman. Okay, yeah, and that's a big punishment. <laughs> I mean, we all know he won. Did the he Heisman lose money though. over it? No. Well, no. Tons yeah, of, I mean, lost seven million dollars. Reggie Bush was never the same player after that, anyways. I mean, the whole the whole well, console thing. Kim it, it makes me. It's it's like the it's like both sides. You know, part of me feels bad for him. You know, he's in college. He did something dumb. He's got the gas mask going. Part of me thinks he's an idiot for even doing that in the first place. Video. I don't know why you would videotape. I was yourself. just gonna say that for our listeners that haven't seen the video, it's just him smoking out of the gas mask bong, which is a gas mask with a bong attached to it. But it's clearly him taking the video. He's taking a video of himself doing this, like. 
why yeah, would like you do that? Like a selfie video. Like, why don't videotape yourself doing illegal acts, dumbass? What else do you have to say, Frankie? Uh, well, you, you said something about Stephen A. Smith on first take, too. And just, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the, the way that he, he was defending him. But at the same time, he always just seems to find a way to take it there. And when I say there, I put it in quotation marks. You know what I mean by that. Just the whole, every time there's some, something like this comes up, it just has to go down that road. And uh, I don't like that. One thing yeah, that... Yeah, I mean, it gets ridiculous. I, I'll say this. You know, you know Miami loves their players who, who, who get enough of their pot. Uh, I think Ricky Williams is a good oh, example of that. Yep, they're down the thing there. is, about pot in the NFL, which Guaranteed is a greater issue that yeah. should Miami's be coming no up now, is like, okay, so pot's, it's, I think it's more than 19 states where pot's legal. There's two where it's completely legal. In Detroit, it's not even a felony if you have less than an ounce. And there's medical marijuana in upwards of 19 states at this point. Like, Ryan Clark has admitted to using marijuana to soothe pain instead of taking pain pills. And if that's where you're going with it, I have no problem with the use of pot as like a painkiller. It does have healing properties. I don't personally smoke pot, and a lot of people do. And it's, you know, it actually does have some helpful side of, or uh, helpful abilities, I guess is the right word. But the problem is he was clearly getting high to just get high and make a funny video. That's what scares me about this situation. If he was say, if he was laying in an ice bath, smoking a joint, like, man, this makes me feel so much better, I'd be like, this guy's doing the right thing. But the problem is he's getting high to get high, which means what happens when he gets that money? What pot leads to? Cocaine. Cocaine, you need it down and it's heroin. Next thing you know, dead in the street. Hey, I'm glad you said that because I just wanted to expand on one thing that you did say, though, and it's a serious matter. I mean, yeah, you're right. He is an idiot for smoking the pot in the manner that he was was doing it. But, you know, a lot of these guys are, I mean, they're waking up on Monday mornings in dire pain, like you said, and, you know, they're taking Vicodin. And, you know, look at the area that we live in around here, especially in the, you know, southern Michigan you know, you take the Vicodin, that could lead to uh, serious addiction to that and uh, dependency, and then, you know, that ultimately leads to heroin, and that uh, could lead to death. Yeah, because heroin is cheaper, and then next thing you know, you're overdosing in a car. It's and so, yeah, the, the weed is not, the, I mean, the weed in general is not the end of the world, so it's just more the way he was doing it. But he's in college, you know, he's, he's just smoking weed. He's a you know, Ole Miss, I mean, uh, I love how I'm not even going to say it. I get, like, like, you guys make fun of me for saying all this stuff too much. I love how we escalated and like, went to the, like, the worst possible situation for, for Tunsil right now. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to be out here and he'd be fucking dead. Well, I'm just saying that <laughs> the pot's not <laughs> so bad. <laughs> the scary thing for Tunsil now is because in the NFL, for drug testing, if you never pop positive or like had a video like this released, you only get tested at OTAs or training camp for drugs other than steroids. Steroids they can randomly do throughout the year anytime they want. But when it comes to weed, you either get tested at OTAs or training camps. You have to get clean twice a year from recreational drugs, right? But you can but drink a Dixie cup full of Vicodin. You know that's what, I mean? what the thing I will never understand is weed's legal in all these states, right? And like in the off season, you want to stay in these states. I get during the season, you collect a paycheck week one through seventeen. Once you're not collecting a paycheck from the NFL, I don't get how it's not okay for these players to get high to take care of their pain. You know what I mean? Because Vicodin is way worse than marijuana. All right. Like, you're not going to get lung cancer from marijuana unless you smoke, like, an absolute crab lord to eat 1,000 pounds to die. If this helps them with pain and they're not on painkillers, I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things is also Bob Quinn, the Lions GM, even said, if we took people off our draft board because of pot, we'd lose at least half our draft board. Because coaches know a lot of these players are smoking pot. It's very common in college for kids to smoke pot. And like Jerry said, with the medical marijuana laws now, a lot of these players are seeing all these guys who a lot of former NFL players, Brett Favre was one, who they ended up in rehab because of addiction to pain pills. Yeah, he hit the sauce too. Yeah, big Jack Daniels fan. What's, I, it's, I, the problem is if you're using weed as a painkiller, 
that makes sense to me. But getting high to just get high is what's scary. If you make it legal, I understand the complications are you're just going to have players making millions of dollars just with the best pot in the world just riding around not giving a fuck. I get that's the problem. It's a bad look for the league. But in terms of, like, if you get a medical card for it, you should be able to use it to soothe pain. Maybe Tunsil was in pain when he took that video. Yeah, he was in pain because he wanted more followers on Instagram or something. Maybe he was in pain. Who knows? But, I mean, I think we can all agree that uh, the Miami is going to have a pretty talented player, and if he can keep his head straight, I think that he – that's why I think I agree with Tony. One thing I will – I I like that Miami did it, but if we're going to talk about a place where you shouldn't go if you have a drug problem, Miami. Yeah. Port of Miami. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Cocaine 80s is what we're reaching for. Well, let's uh, let's get to the team that's, a, Jerry, that's kind of the dominant. Jerry, away. Let's get into the dominant team of the area. You know, we are in Detroit. I'm 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 home. Uh, let's talk a little Lions here, Frankie. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's hear about let's hear about what we think about the draft. You know, I think uh, me being a former Lions fan, oh. uh, I don't I don't really <laughs> I don't really like to have an NFL team anymore. Uh, I do like the Packers here and there, but you know. oh my goodness, <laughs> what? Yeah, so to, what are you saying? Had to then? Give up on the Lions because. Uh, All right, so we're moving on to the Lions pick. I, I mean, they took uh, Taylor Decker out of Ohio State. How do you feel? You're the biggest Lions fan in the room, Frank. Let's go I've been waiting you. for the Lions talk. Just, get, just sign me in. All right. I know you're happy about Killebrew. Look, okay, you can't really complain about the first pick. I mean, no one no, – well, it's not necessarily the most fun thing in the world to root for, for linemen. But we needed big guys on our team. I would have been happy with either a D lineman or the guy we took. I mean – we talked about Decker on the show before the draft. Not the hugest fan, but I can't complain about the pick. But um, I, I like what Quinn's doing, man. He's making good, safe picks. Um, I'm a really big fan of the, the my puzzling pick, the safety, Killebrew. Um, we got a really great linebacker. Uh, his name escapes me. What did we get? What's his name? Linebacker. I'm scrolling down the list right now. All right. We'll get that. And uh, yeah, yeah, we Sean Robinson. Robinson. Yep. Yep. And... Uh, I just think that, you know, this is our year. I say it all the time, half kidding, but I think this is uh, the year of 2000 in the D, man. This is this is time. We're going to get our ring. Um, I'm, wow. It's, before hey, I pick Frank, the epitome the, of the Lions. Bold with the predictions. That's the, the definition of bold win, And you can prediction. book it. No, seriously. <laughs> the Lions aren't even going to make the playoffs, oh but I will well, go with what? The, for Sean Robinson, he was projected by most to go in the first round upwards to the Lions pick. So getting him in the second round, that's a great pick value-wise. So I'll give right. you that. And Taylor Decker, I think, speaks to the overall complexity of this draft. Last year, we had Jameis Winston, you know, when we had the Calvin Johnson or Adrian Peterson. There's a lot of superstars out there. This year, I don't think there was maybe, besides Jalen Ramsey, a superstar in the draft unless Jalen Smith comes back from injury. There's not really maybe Zeke out there. So you have about three superstars. But other than that, this wasn't a very sexy draft. There was a lot of good linemen. A lot of, a lot of good linemen. Dirty, hard nose, in the trenches type players. There you was Derrick Henry, man. That guy plays between the tackles. He's going to be a bust. Yeah. So, I mean, it bust. wasn't a very sexy I'm draft. Just like the you know, the sexy draft is like you get Des Bryant, you get Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew the third. That's your sexy picks. What we had was a down in the – we didn't have any good inside linebackers really in the draft. Right? We don't have a Brian Erlacher. What we had was there was a lot of just – Reggie Wagon. Solid guys. Like Jack Conklin at eight. And even, even drafts is too high. But in this draft, Jack Conklin eight's like perfect. He's just a solid guy. He's going to be a solid right tackle for 10 and 12 years in the league. You're not going to have to worry about the position. He's going to give up maybe four sacks a year, pancake a couple guys. He's going to be a solid, show-up-to-work guy. And that's what this draft had. And that was the Lions draft reflected. They found a bunch of guys who will show up and play every day. I don't think they found any superstars. 
but I don't think they found any guys that are going to be scrubs besides that long snapper. I'm not sure there's anyone going to be anyone left in Ohio State to play next season. I would have liked them to take, uh, in, instead of Decker, I would have liked them to uh, take Shaq Lawson. I think that would have been awesome next to our but opposite answer. He had a good he had a good year. The only thing that worried me about Claw, uh, Lawson is uh, he didn't really have a big year until his senior year. Right. And that's kind of like red flags. The same for thing for Kevin Dodd. They were talking about they both seem better because of uh, they played across from each other, so they couldn't block him. But right. if they're not together, if you only have one good end, but to Frank's point, was the answer there? He would yeah, get some yeah, he got Ziggy five answer, Yeah, he did play through a soldier injury or shoulder injury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it oh, cut me well. off. Cut him bad. off. My bad. Guy's slurring his words. It's an across from a soldier. <laughs> Tony, how'd you feel oh. about the Lions draft? Uh, I mean, I was pretty happy with it. Solid pick in the tackle. Then you went and you filled another need at D tackle with Ashawn Robinson. End of the third round. You shore up the offensive line a little bit more with Graham Glasgow. How about that fourth round? My man, Killebrew. I mean, I don't really know much about him like Frank does, but. Oh, I dug deep once I found out. Yeah, no one knows I much mean, about him. Let's say, from okay, South so Utah this is. Let's yeah, break it down. This is a pick analysis via NFL.com. Detroit struggled on defense last year, comma, particularly at the second and third levels. Everybody knew that. Killebrew is a strong hybrid linebacker in some looks. Either way, he's an enforcer who could have an instant impact on their special teams. Yeah, I mean, it's a fourth in, round. Yeah, you should just, we'll I the, wish the world could have seen Frank's face when he heard impact so on we'll, special we'll teams. So we'll see, we'll see him a lot this year because he'll be on well, the he's gonna be a No, he's going to be a rookie. So hey, my boy he's Max earn his, on the fun team, too. He's got to earn his keep. And they, they put those articles out, what, like 10 worry, minutes after worry, the draft? Frank, you will see Killebrew a lot on the punt team. All right. <laughs> I hate mean, on the white safety. You watch. It, it's a pick in the fourth round. It's a guy who's supposed to add depth to your team, and he's going to add depth to safety. Well, everyone's talking Quinn teams. up to be this guy. These fourth-round picks are supposed to be money, man. I think it's going to be money. I think, I think I think where Bob Quinn made his money is, is in his first three picks. You know, the guys who yeah. hold the trenches down, you make your money on the offensive line. You know, you could – your offensive line's that good. I mean, you can if you're good up front, right you have a, yeah. You're you wait till he forces around. a fumble on somebody in the first game, and then you'll you'll be eating those words. Killebrew's going to be dislodging balls. A lot all of over mistakes can be covered up by having a good. Front yeah, five Frank does have offense. a love affair with safeties. He used to be in love with Lewis Delmas, the guided missile. He would have been great if he could have kept his knees Didn't on. He blow his own teammate's mouth out in one game against yes. the Giants. Oh yeah, yeah. that's why we got rid of him. He, we I used will give up. you the thing. The scary thing is, two years ago, the Lions took a center. What was his name from Arkansas? Uh, Travis Swanson. Travis Swanson in the third round, I believe. So a little, two years later, they take another center in the third round. That's what scares me. I mean, I don't – the Packers got uh, C.J. Uh, Lindsley, I believe, in the third round, and he's going to be a starter for them for 10 to the next 12 years. Yeah, I think I think the the best pick overall for the Lions is definitely Robinson in the second round. Um, oh, yeah. I, w- I was a little – I was a little underwhelmed, I guess you could say, uh, by the, the the Decker pick. Yeah, you, you, you and I talked like the about whole this, Jerry. Draft was underwhelming a little bit. Yeah, but you and I talked about this in the car. We were, we were driving around. And it's like in the first round they took the fourth best left tackle at the end of the day, right? I mean, there's, there's three more pick before yeah. him. It's like, listen, man, if you can't get the top two in that position in the first round, get get a different position guy. And I know, I know, Bob Quinn, you, you know, coming from the Patriots and stuff, he's not going to go get. You know, one one of the sexy positions, but uh, but man, there had to be somebody else. And uh, even if it wasn't Robinson, because you could definitely still get him in the second round. I think they could have gone DN, they could have gone linebacker. Um, so you could have so, somewhere in the Frank, front maybe seven. Maybe those Shaq Lawson action, Kevin Dodd, maybe. Yeah, so I, I think maybe they could have gotten that Shaq Lawson. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, 
someone someone on the opposite side of uh, of Ansa, um, because I mean, if they had someone sick on the other side of him, he, they, there could be some quarterbacks. Well, you know who's going to have a good year on a side? No, it's not draft related, but uh, Taylor is going to be good uh, at DN for us this year. He's going to have a breakout year. You, you mark those words down. I could agree with you there. The, Ashawn Robinson is known double as digit sacks. run stopper. With other things he's, concerns about I don't think him double digits, but His will. defensive tackle made at Alabama was also projected in the second round. So is it plausible that their success is a result of the fact that they had two good D tackles? That gives me some concern. And like the Lions need pass rushers, and Ashawn Robinson isn't truly that. The other thing that concerns me about the draft is Taylor Decker's one knock is sometimes he lacks in pass blocking, and that's the exact same problem with Riley Reeves. So now you have two tackles whose weakness is pass blocking and strength is run blocking, and you don't have a running back. You know, there has to be some kind well, of don't worry fill about in that. some voids there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as the second rounder, though, uh, anytime you say Alabama and defense, put the two words together, and you say Lions, I'm on board. D. Miller? How about that? He's not on the Lions. I get you got well, me. You who, got was me? That, who was that? Uh, who was that defensive tackle from Baylor that just kept slipping around after round? Sean Bill- Oakman. No, no, was, the was it was it Billings? The the, the D tackle. This guy weighed like three twenty. He was from Baylor. Any, anyways, I was uh, that that kind of like had me a little kind of kind of like curious. Sean Oakman, who some people project in the second round draft. I think he's facing an assault charge though. So. Yeah, he well, is facing uh, this guy's not. This guy's not facing any charges. Are you talking He's about just... the really fat guy that catches passes too for Baylor? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he caught a pass against State. I forgot his name because I hate him. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was a little curious about that. They're like, oh, he's a run first. I was like, well, you know what? If you can stop the run, that's pretty darn good. All right, so we're gonna go around the table. Any more thoughts from the draft? Anybody? Uh, one thing I did kind of like. I'm back on the Lions. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. I can't wait for you to say his fucking name, Tony. Jake Rudolph. Loser. Got hey. caught from Iowa and then went to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, but he had a really good year playing for Michigan. He didn't play bad. I mean, it's a six-round uh, pick. I don't really see where the humor comes Yeah, from, and as a six-round pick, uh, and won. he's a what clear upgrade over our current. He lost to Utah. He lost to Ohio State. He lost to Michigan State. Beat a bunch of bums. But he's a clear upgrade over our current fucking backup who can't fucking play football. And he would have beat State if it wasn't for that We'll get into snap. Michigan Michigan State last year. Trouble with the snap. State out rushed them, out threw them, out first down them. What else do you want? Out and took a miracle to win. Hey, hey, players make plays. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the next decade. They should have recruited a better long snapper, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, oh my god! Polluting my household with your Packer loving, Sparty loving, yeah, hippie was, bullshit. Fight for the only Congratulations, Rudock. You got drafted. See you on the scout team, buddy. Have fun getting sick by Ziggy. No, I will give it one thing. I think Orlovsky was a backup. Don't forget your red jersey. I'm pretty sure Orlovsky was their backup. And Rudock, there are some guys who are just career backups, Drew Stan being one of them. And they're just guys who, like, you feel comfortable with. Stafford goes down. This guy can hand off without fumbling the ball. He can throw drag routes without Yeah, he's a game manager. He's what you want your backup to be. He's a guy who can step in and have the offense be – Mediocre to above average. I'm just average, saying, in the sixth round next year, if they could take I was current quarterback right now, they would take him over Jake Rudock. I'm just saying, I think it's a little bit of hometown heroism, but uh, I think Quinn knows more about drafting than you, so we'll leave it at that. Hey, this is hey, his hey, first winners, draft. Right? Winners we'll want the ball when the game is on the line. All you know right? who won the ball when the game is on the line? Yeah. Thank you, Jalen Watts Jackson. He was the guy who returned the punt for state. Yeah, we know, know, we know. Okay. <laughs> All right, Krasik, Any more thoughts on the draft? No, I'm. I'm I'm good on the draft, boys. I thought, I thought. I mean, it's always fun. The draft is always a good time. I mean, like like we said, it wasn't a sexy draft this year, but uh, 
I think a lot of teams got better. Oh, yeah. I got one more thing to say. At the beginning of the segment, I don't know where you – what high ground, moral high ground you're on. What's wrong with sitting down and enjoying uh, and watching the draft? What do you just look at the picks the next day? What are you, a monster? No, I, I, don't, I don't get why people make such a big deal about the draft. Literally, they, it's not like – if the season started tomorrow, it'd be a huge deal because these guys might be put into action. But It's a big day for the, for dude, the kids. You can find out the same – it was like a couple years ago people got mad because Michael Sam kissed his boyfriend on national TV – should have fucking blown it. So you dude. don't get you don't get excited when they say with the first pick in the draft. No, you don't I'm get excited about that. You, you just want to read it in the paper. You you just get to see the draft the next day. You can read all. Oh, we got to do, do that. I don't think you do that. So Frank, Frankie, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on part of that. I think it's I think it's fun to watch it. But I'm, I'm not like one of those guys that's like, oh, let's have a draft party. Okay, let's, I can meet you halfway. You have it in the background. I can meet you halfway, yeah. Frankie. It is fun to watch. Eat some wings and watch with your friends if you don't have something else to do. But people who go to Chicago and sit there and Jets can go, yeah, we got – who the fuck the Jets take? They didn't take pass and let you. They should have. They go, yeah, we got this guy. Let's go Jets, Jets, Jets. They took Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> Bum. Yeah. But anyways, Christian Hackenberg's a hack. <laughs> it was just the way you said it. You know, you made it seem like you were too good. To He's watch. a hack. All I'm saying is, you can oh literally see God. the results the next day and see the analysis the same way as they said it. ESPN. Well, they tweeted today that freaking Mel Kuyper hasn't peed during the draft in like 33 hours or some shit like that. It's just ridiculous. Who cares? That sounds a little yeah. healthy. Yeah, well, Mel don't get me started on Mel Kuyper. And later, I always knew there was something a little weird about no, Mel Kuyper. And another man. thing, I'm glad you brought this up, Frank. You said a couple points I forgot about. Another thing is, when picks are in, if the analysts are still, like in the first round, if the next team comes with a pick right away and says the pick is in, they'll wait and analyze the last pick for the full five minutes, then give you the pick as the listener. So sometimes you're three picks behind. And they also removed the ability where they used to show the teams calling the players. So you could be like, okay, the Packers just called this guy. You can see him crying. They took that out of it. There's no excitement left. It's just a big show. John Gruden's always complaining about something. If you're going to watch, you've got to watch it on the NFL Network. But I just don't get the excitement about the draft. Oh, you know what? Okay, well, so You're I, not invited to my draft party next year. I live at so your house. I, I'll you be know, here. I thought, I thought of something earlier today. I thought it was pretty funny. I was watching, you know, watching the, uh, the, the, the fourth round and, 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 and beyond. So every time a guy came up, they'd be like, yeah, you know what? This this guy, this guy's a football player, man. He, you know, he's gonna play a lot of football this year. Like, what yeah. you think? The color yeah, commentary yeah. isn't the yeah, best. Yeah, the, the guy. <laughs> that's a good point. I wanted to bring that point up too, Krasik. Like, in the fourth this guy's just a football player. These, well, oh, I'm sorry, I thought he was playing hockey. All the cliches. Kuiper, yeah, that, they don't know who these people are, so they just come up like, oh yeah. When you listen to the criticism in the first round, they were way worse than the criticism. I saw some safety from. Central Michigan get drafted. He's way too big to play safety, way too small to play linebacker. And like, oh, he's a heavy hitter. He'll be a great special teams player. He's like, you know nothing about this guy, dude. You don't absolutely zero about this guy. Yeah, I, w- I want to like, hear some honesty. Like, give me some brutal honesty. Like, listen. Like, I don't know I'm, shit about this guy because he's well, from Podunk State. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm, exactly. if I'm watching the NFL draft, I probably have a decent base of knowledge on football. So don't tell me something I already know, man. Like, tell me, give me some brutal honesty. And, you know, maybe, like, teach me something about you what, what's something what you that see we didn't player. know for an absolute fat Krasik? What's up? Ole Miss is playing their players, and now we do. Paying their players. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, any more draft news? No, I think that about wraps it up. Oh, well, uh, why don't we just I, – I guess my grade, it says in the show sheet, the Lions grade, I would give the Lions a probably about a B. I go B, but I think every team got a B in this draft because there was no sexy picks to get uh, your name. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go B minus, solid eighty two B minus, like an eighty. Like the, the, the first round pick still has me kind of being like, man, I think he could have done better. B minus, Tony. I'm gonna kind of agree with the group and go B as well. Cool. You guys 
seesaw on his way from Washington. There was no seesawing here. There's no All right, seesaw. RSF. RSF. All right, RSF, and we're back. Um, just got done talking some draft, and now we're moving on. Believe it or not, for you three or four basketball fans that we have, there is uh, the NBA playoffs still going on. Um, you know, we got uh, Steph Curry getting injured. We'll talk about that. Um, most of the, cr- the really crappy teams are are eliminated, the Pistons included. And, um, you know, we got some basketball going on, so we make some predictions, talk about a little s- uh, Steph Curry. Um, apparently the first round is still going on. We just found that out. We thought it was a mistake on the computer. Um, guys, yeah, basketball, NBA. Okay, so there might be three or four is a little low. It might be six to eight. I'll give you a times two there. Yeah, but, there's uh, not many. All I'm saying is we finally got good basketball on TV. The regular season sucks because they don't play defense. Half the teams don't even care. Ten more teams don't belong there, and there's only five good teams. But tomorrow we got two game sevens, Heat Hornets, Pacers Raptors. I got, can't wait. We got <laughs> Then we got Warriors Trail and Blazers Joe's already falling without asleep. Steph Curry. And we got OKC versus San Antonio, which should be a great series. Honestly. Yeah, that, that one is good. I, yeah, we'll watch one of those games. All right, so... I mean, let's get some predictions on how you feel about the NBA playoffs now. Tony, who do you think is going to win, Hornets or Heat? I'll go Heat. Krasik? Hornets. I couldn't name a player on the Hornets, but I'm going to pick them anyway. Because they're owned by Jordan. I got the Hornets, too. Let's go Pacers, Raptors. It's back in Toronto. Can Toronto finally win a playoff series for Drake and all of Canada? Tony? They should. They're a fucking two seed. Jesus Christ. And they got so much talent against them. Okay, Tony. Well, <laughs> <laughs> do we know Tony's pissed off about the Hornets? Someone's hitting uh, the hard stuff. Raptors. Jeez, Tony. Krasik, who do you got? Go Pacers, pa- Raptors. I'll go with the Pacers, man. Canada doesn't belong in basketball. Uh, they couldn't get it right in hockey. They don't I'm pretty sure anything. Canadians invented basketball. Uh, no, oh, Americans yeah. did. No. Damn. It was. No. Wrong again. I'm not even going to say the joke yeah, I was going to say. But uh, uh, James <clears throat> Naismith. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Pacers. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of Drake. I heard you reference that. So um. yeah, yeah Drake, you know Drake's his new awesome. albums, View from the Six, and besides like three songs, I hate Drake. So uh, yeah, Drake I'm going to go with the Pacers too, just because I don't like Drake, which is a really dumb way to pick a series. All right, let's keep it moving. I mean, Drake is bad luck for a lot of teams. Okay, though, we so don't have Steph right. Curry, but there are still some playmakers. My boy Draymond Green being involved and Clay Thompson and Golden State. How do you think if goal if Steph Curry doesn't play, do you think Golden State can beat the Trailblazers, Tony? Yes. Krasik? Double yes. Yeah, they won like seventy some games in the regular season. <laughs> I, 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 I think they can take the Trailblazers. I don't even know. I, I couldn't name a player okay, on their well, team either. The Trailblazers won like. In close fashion, their day, and LA doesn't have Chris Paul or Blake Griffin, which are the two of those players. So I got to go Golden State there too. But I will make one quick comment: If Golden State doesn't get Steph Curry back, I would like to see the Spurs beat them so they can so uh, Tim Duncan gets final revenge one last time. An old who was, who was the one James. that picked the Spurs to win to to win the West on the show? The only one, me and Kristen, Joey's fiance, her his oh, betrothed, yeah. I believe, is the term. Yeah, if you want to get fancy. All right, and then with the other series, uh, looks like LeBron James is facing Atlanta again. I'm not even going to call them the Cleveland Cavaliers because I don't respect anybody else on that team besides LeBron because I don't like their attitudes. Tony? I'm going with LeBron. Uh, <laughs> you got to go with LeBron, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. But. Fanboy 23, Frank? I actually will be watching some of this series. And, Are you going to uh, witness oh, this? Oh, so you're going to be one of three or four? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna witness this series. LeBron's gonna win, and I'll tell you what: if uh, if Steph Curry doesn't get himself together and come back to play for Golden State, LeBron's gonna get his third ring. I think it depends how far they Book stretch it. it out for Golden State, but uh, yeah, Book no. It. As a player, LeBron, coach, last year Cleveland swept a one in five games against Atlanta, and Atlanta, if anything's gotten worse, Jeff Teague's a good player, Paul Millsap's a good player, Al Horford's a good player, Corver's a great three point shooter, but LeBron James just is better than anybody in the East. If you put him on any team in the East, he's making the finals. You got to go with Cleveland here. And then, uh, is that it for the NBA and other comments? I'm just happy to see good basketball people. That's why he's on the show. I mean, I just, I mean, my main comment was going to be that I hope Steph Curry comes back from this injury by the next round because if he's not back and they're facing the Spurs, I well, it's think a grain, that I'm pretty sure the Grade Spurs one knee sprain, but he was jumping around the sideline and stuff. So it might be more of them just saying, take two weeks off, Steph, and come back and make it rain. I think, uh, I think it would really suck if he wasn't in the series against the Spurs, you know, because, I mean, everyone wants to see the Spurs and him go head-to-head. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you know, they they had a little bit of a battle during the season, and that last game they beat the Spurs, and, you know, the Spurs weren't, you know, they, were, they weren't really into it. So I, I want to see full series, 100% healthy Spurs versus uh, Golden State. I think that would be the only good series uh, in the postseason this year. The one thing that Golden State does have going for them is the home court advantage. I believe their first loss in over a year was uh, to the Boston Celtics. I don't believe that. I know that. To the Boston Celtics this year at home. At home, they have a huge advantage. So even if they go the first two games without Steph, let's say they lose the next two, Steph should be back by game five, if I had to guess. Curry, yeah, he's going to be back. But, hey, I... I want to uh, make sure we have enough time to devote. We got two really big things. Tony wants to do his MLS stuff, and then I really, uh, I totally forgot about UFC 200. I really want to, um, really want to talk about that too. So we should. Well, let's, probably... let's go. Let's go straight into the MLS stuff because Frank, you and I were talking about it when I flew in. Uh, we, we Tony's to... been tweeting about it from our yeah, account. Tony, Tony's, we, Tony had Tony's chomping at the bit. Courage, nerve, and audacity to say that we stand with Detroit FC, including all of us, and we don't. Okay. Tony does. I like to point that out for the so, public. Well, right. Tony, 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 Tony's chopping at the bit on. here. So, well, you know what? Well, let's hand it over to Tony. He's got something to say. Well, wait, pump the brakes. Before we go to Tony, let's talk about what happened. Uh, there was a conversation on Twitter between Dan Gilbert and uh, Tom Gores. Tom Gores about moving a team here. They would take the old jail site, which is next to Greektown Casino. Yeah, they had a freaking press conference with uh, Don Garber, the commissioner of MLS. <laughs> And they wanted to bring a team here and put it right downtown, right square dab in the middle where a prison was going to be built. We don't need more convicts in Detroit, so I'm glad the prison would be gone. So, Tony, that's what we have. Billionaires want to put an MLS team here. They're willing to make the taxpayers play for the stadium. What do you think about this? Oh, yeah, they're willing. Some billionaires are willing to have taxpayers pay for their fucking play thing. Yeah. But, yeah, basically what this is is Don Garber wants the media market get before they got to renegotiate their TV contracts. You got billionaires. You got Gores who wants to get business in Detroit so that we can open doors and bring the Pistons to Detroit. And then you got Sounds great. fucking Dan Gilbert who's been trying to get this jail site for the past three years for pennies on the dollar. Okay, it's prime real estate and the developers stole like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, from the taxpayers. And, it, and here's the thing that they don't mention in this is in addition to the jail site that's half built – they also get Frank Murphy Hall of Justice and the Juvenile Detention Facility. JDF? <clears throat> I frequented yeah. there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that right now. But no, and then here's, so here's the thing. So Wayne County still needs a fucking jail. They'll need a new courthouse and a new juvenile detention facility, all paid for by the taxpayers. Right. 
And then you got fucking billionaires saying, oh, yeah, and then we want to build this giant stadium and have the fucking taxpayers pay, pay for it. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Seriously, Dan Gilbert can take his candy ass back to Cleveland and go back to sucking LeBron's dick until LeBron leaves in the offseason again and writes another hateful, scorn lover letter to him when he's pissed off. Okay, so we can see the alcohol has been affecting Tony, but before <laughs> no, Joey... He's pat- well, be fair, no, he's That was a like, very I've been like this, rant. That was a I've good been like this rant. for a week. I've been saving up for this show to just fucking I, say I, that. I honestly shit. thought Tony was going in a different direction because of the DFC. Oh, do you not like the DFC anymore, Tony? No, I still like Detroit City. No, DFC. The football club, man. DCFC. DC. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot Detroit City football. Yeah, hippies okay. are us. <laughs> no, Go fuck yourself, Frank. <laughs> No, no, I, Crossfit I, I know. Nation. I'm surprised right now. I thought Tony was going a different direction. I thought he was going to talk about how you know when the pros come in, it's going to knock out the DCFC, and then you know there's going to be one team in town. There's going to be one big. That's guy. that's what that, we were talking. That's about. what we were talking about. But we, but Tony went a completely different direction. He just hates billionaires, which I mean, I, I guess Bernie Sanders does. So he signed in with Bernie Sanders, and I'm okay with that. I guess. Fuck that. I don't hate burn, 2016. What I hate is my fucking taxes going to build something. Tony, you don't pay Detroit City taxes. You pay Southgate City taxes. I pay fucking Wayne County taxes, and the county has to build a new fucking courthouse. Gentlemen. And a new juvenile tax okay. And a jail. As a man who's frequented jury duty, that courthouse sucks. I watched the notebook from about 30 feet away for three hours, took a nap. Dan Gilbert wants that fucking property because it's next to his fucking casino and all the other fucking real estate he owns, so he can jack up the rent and make even more goddamn money okay. down there. Before hey, we get it. I'll tell you what. The whole point of business is making money. Am I right, boys? Yeah, I, I mean, think, yes. I think, I think we can use some I agree stuff. with that. I think the city could use some new things. We could use a new jailhouse. We could use a new stadium. Cool, then he can fucking pay for it. He's a goddamn billionaire. He is paying for it. He's just no, still helping the taxpayers. Don't get rich by paying for things yourself. It <laughs> takes money to make money. Now, Dan Gilbert has his, so he gets people to invest. Dan Gilbert is doing a lot of good for the city. We all know Quicken's... Oh, really? Because last time I checked, Detroit Public School is about to be bankrupt. I don't see him helping them out. That's no. not his fault, Tony. What, he's going to pay for the whole school budget? It's their fault. They can't pass a goddamn regulated test. And, like, it's not know. the teacher's fault either. It's the school system stealing money. I'd like to clarify Joe, that right Joe, now. Let's, let's, let's I got something to say on this. Because like, if you want to talk about fucking stadiums being built, yeah, there's a stadium in Hamtramck being renovated by DCFC. Paid for you by to, people who all right, are all right. invested Let's in talk it. about the little Not season, the LCLA. The, all right, hold, hold up. Those guys yeah, don't even wear deodorant. Okay? <laughs> Those guys don't even wear deodorant. But what I'm saying You don't is, know what the fuck you're talking about, Frank. Well, I know that they don't wear deodorant. But <laughs> Oh, you heard one fucking line Valenti said. Now you're just going to keep repeating it, all right, jackass. Listen, pump the brakes, Frank. Pump the brakes, Tony. I'd like to point out that the LCLA LCA, Little Caesars Arena is being Jesus paid for Christ, somebody by changed that tax name. papers. By taxpayers. Yeah, that's kind hey. of bullshit, too. No, that, I mean, honestly, that's the way to go. You have to. I mean, like, okay, these guys are these guys are billionaires. They're, they're worth a billion dollars. It's not like they have a Thank billion you. dollars in their Will pocket. Will you pay my taxes, then? No, pay your own tax. I pay my taxes. <laughs> and I hope they're good. Your taxes aren't paying for this arena. <laughs> no, I was just kidding about <laughs> that. Okay, let's go, Frankie. What do you got to say? Hey, hey, okay, enough. I was just saying taxpayers are also paying for the Red Wings arena, so to say they shouldn't pay for an MLS arena is unfair. Frankie, go. The one point that I wanted to make is that I was actually going to agree with you before you insulted me, but I'll still continue to agree with you. But what I was going to say is that it's been pretty well documented that um, as much as people like to talk about job creation and things like that with stadiums being built. It's bullshit. Stadiums don't really do much for a city. Like That that stadium being built in Detroit downtown isn't going to do anything for anyone. That's not going to create jobs. 
And you're right. It is for, for the Gilbert to, you know, be pretty much as a slumlord. And that's how he got all that money. And if so you good want, I him, can also yeah, explain no... to you how MLS is a pyramid scheme, too. I prefer that you didn't. But See, uh... the, the... <laughs> Tony's, I don't know why he hasn't given a rest of this issue. All the major leagues are all about making money, and the MLS is just trying to take their little piece of the market. But the MLS is not financially viable. The way they have stayed afloat the last few years is they keep expanding and they charge a $100 million franchise fee that they split up among the existing teams. So that way all these teams that are losing money, they stand up making money every time they expand the league. So that way they stay afloat. I agree with you. I just don't know why you have all this bluster. And it's, it's nowhere near like a real fucking sport. All the contracts are owned by MLS themselves, not the teams themselves. Did you say soccer's not a real sport? I think Tony just said soccer's not a real sport. <laughs> Which I, no, I'm, I'm saying the MLS as a league is not fucking the, real. I'm just messing game, with you. It's basically like a fucking intramural league because all the players are their contracts are you owned by what? MLS, I, not by I, the teams themselves. I've said pump the brakes about 17 times, and I'm going to say it one more time. Pump the brakes, Tony. Okay, the MLS just instituted a rule that they have in the Premier League, other places like that. If a player is born, I think the MLS is 75 miles within your club. And I'm thinking uh, the BPL, it's like, what, a thousand meters or whatever, kilometers? Fuck, well, that's kilometers. because they have multiple teams so, per city. What they're saying is you get that talent that's around you, and that's how they cultivate talent. The reason why U.S. isn't going to soccer is because our best athletes play other sports. The best athletes in all the other countries in the world play soccer. And MLS if is Calvin now basically Johnson was a goalkeeper, he would literally not league. let a single ball go past him. He can cover more than that easily. He could react off a penalty See, kick. Got that. What I have is your problem, Tony, is you're all a Detroit City fan. And that's great. I support DFC, DCFC, and I'm going to go to games with you. I'm for it. But they can try out for the MLS team, and they won't make it, and that's why they get pushed by the actually, wayside. We've, uh, they actually, a few players from Detroit City have made the MLS. Okay, already. a few. But the thing is, what I noticed on social media this week is when they talked about the MLS coming to Detroit, I saw people saying, hey, let's bring a soccer team to Detroit. There's people out there that have no idea that we already have a soccer team. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're fucking that's too dumb th- to actually look up information. I don't think Whoa. that's it. I just don't Whoa. think they advertise it. Wow. I mean, you got you to you you put yourself out there a little bit more. You can, you know what I mean? You got to. Like, hey, I mean, hey, I didn't know there was a hey, soccer team. Hey, come over here. We have a soccer team. You know I just mean? enjoy you the gotta, game of soccer. That's why I go to the game. But Frank does have a point. The new age fans are kind of hip- hipsters. But damn right. I mean, sports is all about making money. It's like the NFL, the NFL turns eleven billion dollar profits between thirty-two teams. It's like two hundred ninety-seven million some odd dollars that every team gets just for having a team. Instead of caps only one fifty, so right there you're already profiting over one hundred forty million just for having an NFL. We might team. as well just start off an ultimate frisbee team in Detroit. How about that? I think we have one. Hey, we we Detroit City Stadium for that Club. Too. Yeah, just build a stadium for everyone. Listen, here, here's my thing: is Detroit's been a crap city for so long. I am all about tearing shit down and putting new shit up. That's We're all. On I the care way. About. I, 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 I like it. I like it. You know, a, sta- a soccer we team are... takes up a lot of space. Throw it up. The, Throw uh, up. Red Wings Arena. Where the Throw old Hudson uh, building was, uh, Dan Gilbert already got approved of the renovation at the Hudson building location, which is across the street from our good friend VJ's apartment. Because we're renovating some beautiful places. There's a Nike store coming downtown. Yeah. Let's do you it. Know, we got Wahlburgers coming to Greektown Casino. We got things going on Let's here. Let's go. And the next level for soccer is going to be the MLS. It's going to be the Jack Casino what is pretty a pep soon. Rally? Detroit, the comeback city. Detroit, Rock City. Let's go. Detroit, Rock City, comeback city. Here we go. Well, that's, that's what's up. Do you, are you not a fan of Detroit coming back? I hope Frank? the Pistons come down here. Open up a new arena. Oh, the Pistons Keep are definitely. Building. The Pistons are going to play at the LCA. Keep building. No, yeah. no. They can go yeah. get their own. No, by the way, the reason why I keep saying LCLA, that's a their own sugar arena. product that I help manufacture at my daily job, and it's really confusing with LCA Little LCLA. Caesars is for one team and one team only. 
Detroit you know what? Out of side topic, this is not on the show is, sheet. I want to go on this fucking rant real quick. Tony his rant. The other president was getting his rant. People are getting pissed off about calling the Little Caesars arenas. I've eaten a hot and ready with every single one of my friends on a half day. I've smashed an entire one to prove a record. We bought that goddamn stadium. I hope they call it the Little Caesars arena, okay? You know what I mean? They put stuffed crust in a deep dish. Bring it. So, so besides, besides the rant, besides the rant, I... I want. I want to ask all the fans out there. Did you Did you really expect a different name? Like, what other name did you really expect? You know, I mean, it, it's just everyone saw it coming. They're like, oh, really? Little Caesars Arena? It's like, yeah. Well, you know, we all expect it. What are you complaining? It's gonna be brand new. It's gonna be the best arena in hockey. Well, the funny thing was, it was awesome. like a joke online. Was like, oh, it's gonna be Little Caesars Arena. It was like an online joke that that didn't turn real, and people are like. Did they not realize yeah, it was a let's fucking look joke? At others, who cares? Stadiums, the Pagers play in Gillette Stadium. They're sponsored by a Razor <laughs> Company. Like, hey, let's Times go Field. Let's go Stanley Cup. Whoever dude. built your stadium, Ford Field, the only reason why I'm not bitching about that is because the Fords are a legacy around here. Whoever built your stadium, they name it. That's just how it goes. Well, it's no, good, you sell marketing. the naming rights, but it's literally Olympian Entertainment, which is owned by the Illiches, bought the naming rights were sold to Little Caesars, which is also owned by the Illiches. So it's the Illiches buying their own fucking naming rights. Which is On a fucking side weird. note, if you want to know, the Illiches did make a shitload of money off pizza, but Olympia has parking garages pretty much in every major city, and Illich was great at getting those because you had to park in a major city, and that was a really good idea on his part, business-wise. Yeah. Well, Illich was a genius. He's and if you, if you drive downtown, like, every empty lot, like, on a day of a Detroit Tigers game, I'll say Olympia Entertainment Parking. <laughs> Oh, so that, sure. And it's like $20 to park right. there. So I think we've successfully called that. Any more thoughts? Speaking of Mike Gillich, uh, I, I, think, I think we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to move to Tigers in two minutes. All right, Seth. Uh, I mean, if you want to add one more thing about MLS, I would say this, that... Um, Fire up LA Galaxy, Seattle Sounders, no, Portland the, Timbers. The teams that... Portland Timbers, Seattle, Seattle Sounders, the, the, teams that have, the teams that are doing the best are the teams that... Work with their fans and were organically grown, not these teams that are just plopped down with no real connection to a team already existing in the city. Of course, oh, it would be organic. Con- oh, you want a connection? We'll get, an or- we'll get a connection. You know what else is organic, Tony? Manure. <laughs> UFC 200 up next. RSF. All right, guys. We're back, and it has been a great show so far. We're wrapping things up. We're past 1 a.m. in the morning. It's 1.18 right now. But, Probably um, should have cut back in the drinking. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, right. Crazy um, guitar. It's a celebration, bitches. But we are uh, we're we're wrapping good, things up. We, we had to make sure we got UFC 200 in the mix. Um, it's been a back and forth thing for the last, I'd say, week and a half or so. Um, first, it was McGregor Diaz uh, scheduled for July uh, 9th. Then it wasn't. Then it was. Then it wasn't. Dana White came out with some stuff. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, officially now, as we predicted, it's going to just be John Jones versus DC Cormier. Right, that's how you say it. Yeah, Daniel and, Cormier. Uh, Cormier. I just call him and, DC because I can't. You know, that's it. that's cool, <laughs> and they're probably going to do the McGregor Diaz or hopefully Diaz. You know, at two hundred one or two hundred two or something like that. But um, definitely not the not the fight we all wanted to see that we talked about for two hundred. But um, you know, uh, we can talk about that a little bit. And your opinions and I mean to say we called it. You know, we we obviously did. We called it before it was official, but everybody knew it was happening. But uh. You know, it's a sexy fight that you can sell on the surface, but it's not sexy content-wise. Yeah, like if you okay, I know you, the UFC expert, Tony. Don't make me play the sound clip. Okay, pump the brakes. Fourteen times this episode. All right. <coughs> John Jones. Talks to the coffin. God, come on. John Jones here. and DC. 
on the surface looks like a good fight, but we've already seen it and it's boring. This is 200. It's supposed to be the best fight ever in UFC. 100 was the tits. 200 should be the tits. And we're going to end the fight, and it's going to be five rounds of John Jones pushing him with a cage and DC trying to get slams. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. It's, it's not live. It's near not the entertainment. Sports is entertainment, and this isn't entertainment. Yeah, I'm I mean. I'm truly disappointed. It's they're cr- doing the hype. Uh, D- uh, it's John Jones trying to get the belt back after it was stripped from him. And the fact that he's got the interim title, and it's a title unification bout. But it's still bullshit. Hey. There's a point here, Tony. Well, we all are bowing at you now, Tony. So- I think one. I was just saying it's fucking bullshit. We've already seen this fight. It's gonna be boring as shit. I agree. It's gonna be boring as like crap. But it's something. It's something the UFC can sell, and they're getting. I think they coached DC a black. TMZ tweeted. TMZ.com tweeted. Well, then it must be true. DC calls John Jones a quote unquote drug addict. Man, I'm glad like, we're getting our, our get famous UFC knowledge from TMZ right now. Not, not you know. No, you know what? Some there's some truth to that because and... you know what? I want everyone to state their opinion too before we finish this segment on John Jones because everyone, for some reason, it seems like everyone seems to like him, but I'm personally not a big John Jones fan. I don't like the way he carries himself. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he sounds. I don't like his type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what well, you're saying. Well, I mean, here, what I don't like about him is I think he's really trying to be fake. Like he's always trying to do like the whole. I'm professional. I'm a good guy, and he's not exactly a good exactly. guy. Exactly, he's rough around the edges, and he needs to embrace that fact and just be the guy he is. And I think I people know. would like him more for it. Well, no, it's you not, know, I wanted to get the. I, I really didn't want to know people's opinion on him because I mean, he doesn't seem like he's you know down for the cause. No more pump and brace. We're backing trucks up. John Jesus Jones Christ. isn't rough around any edges. Okay, he's from Buffalo. He's not from freaking Harlem. You know what I'm saying? John Jones. He did what are you go, saying, Gerard? I'm saying, You're saying like, it without saying it. The only reason why he's a drug addict is he got caught doing coke. LT did coke. Michael Irvin did coke. They're not necessarily coke heads. He's a good athlete, and I do. I liked him when he was coming up because he fought for Greg Jackson, who I think personally is the best coach. And oh yeah, guys, yeah, ever, goddamn genius. I mean, that's why that fight's gonna be boring. This same point I was trying to make it work the other night. Like Greg Jackson is all about the win, so. He's going to come up with yeah, that. He's, he's a game plan. He's a game plan. He's a game plan genius. So that's why this fight's going to be boring. That's why uh, Greg Jackson's fighter, unless it's you know an easy knockout, should never be your number one main card event. But like when John Jones was coming up, he knocked out a lot of people. I hate. I hate all Brazilian fighters just as a general rule of life. Shogun Rua, Hua, fucking Lord of Machine. He knocked all those guys out. I like him. He had eight straight title defenses, thirteen straight wins in the MMA, UFC. Yeah, he was killing That's it. That's why I dig him. When he was talking after that fight, the last fight, I lost a lot of respect when he was like, man, when I first came out, you know, I was physically okay, but I was thinking, I'm losing this fight right now. I'm losing this fight. It was, was an embarrassment. Like, it was it embarrassing. It was an embarrassment. He should have knocked that guy out last fight. I hope he knocks out DC because I don't like DC just as the general way he carries himself. They had DC commentating John Jones' fight, and DC, before the fight even started, was like, I can't wait to face him at 200. Then in his earpiece, obviously, rang him and said, hey, we don't know that's official. So he was like, well, if I face him at 200. And John, well, here's the thing. DC got his first title shot, literally, because he has a job commentating with the UFC, and he's a guy who is an in-between-the-fights analyst. And he just sat there and basically campaigned for himself to get a fight, title shot, which is when he got his first title shot, which he lost, and then... Uh, John Jones got stripped of the title. I'm just glad they're re- and so then they unifying the belt so John Jones can have it. But in f- terms of that, I think the UFC is moving closer and closer to professional wrestling, and we see very few actual good fights anymore. We're not seeing the fight that people want. And Dana I White's mean, I don't proven, like. 
When you talk about my Halo squad, we have a motto. It's called "Show Your Dominance." It means give people the dickle after you kill them. And Dana White's giving the UFC the dickle right now. That's what he's doing. He's saying, "I'm the fucking man," and that's how it's going to be. That's and that's what you're what doing down forward. there now. Now I know what you're doing down there all the time. But. You know, I, I, I like, what do you think, Joe? I like John Jones when he first came around. He was like this young dude. He, you guys see saw on his way from Washington. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had the, he had the spinning elbow and everything. I mean, the, the guy the guy was a pretty exciting fighter and it. It seems like he's just kind of like fizzled out, like kind of later in his career. I, I think I think everyone was expecting like this guy to be like an Anderson Silva type, where I mean, you know, the the, the fights would be hyped up and he have some really killer knockout. You know, every but he everything did early he fought, in his but, career, and he, he did. He's that's hardly fought in years. That's pretty so much the same 20. thing as exactly, Anderson but, Silva, though. Later in his he, career, he, Anderson he, Silva he, was faking laydowns. Yeah, but, I mean, he fizzled out. I mean, Anderson Silva was a little older when when he started doing that. I think John Jones he also stole. took roids. Who, who? What? Silva. All right. Oh yeah. I just don't like Silva. I'm sorry, Joe. That was, that was on his recovery from his leg being broken and hurt. I mean, fashion. everyone needs a good little shot of steroids here and there once in a while. You know, I mean, it's just who doesn't? Who doesn't? I had I had oh one God. I had one point. It's, a, it's the sports entertainment. I mean, they all they all do it. So, you know, I, want I to say be, let them. I want to be entertained. So I just wanted to say, but real quick, uh, that Styles make fights. And to your point, Gerard, about the the you know the fans wanting to see things from the from the athletes' perspective. I never got that whole. I would, if I was a, a fighter, I wouldn't want to, you know, go out there and they, what they say, like, oh, go out and bang for the fans and do things like that. I, I wouldn't do that. But Styles make fights. That's why the McGregor and Diaz fight was such a was such a draw because they weren't screwing around, man. They went out there and banged for for two rounds. They're both boxing types. I mean, he had jujitsu, but he was more for you know takedown defense. So it was an entertaining fight. This fight is going to be five rounds. It's going to be long. It's going to be boring. And it's not something that I want to see at all. I'm not looking. I, I probably, unless we go, you know, all of us get together and go out to B-dubs or something like that, or someone wants to order it, I'll watch it. But I'm not excited about it. I'm like with I you. Was. When it was Styles cool. make fights. Styles do make fights. And we have one friend that's a huge Nate Diaz fan. His name is Jimmy. He's my college roommate. And he's talking about how he'd kick his ass again. McGregor's scared. I don't think McGregor's scared. I think McGregor's just sick of promoting himself. And that's just how it's going to be. And Dana White doesn't I mean, make the fights. I think do McGregor it. might be a little scared. And But here's the thing. I think McGregor talked to his coaches and they went, hey, if you lose another fight, you're not going to be as marketable. But guess what? Right now, you got Frankie Edgar okay, and Jose say- Aldo fighting. Jose Aldo has already beaten Frankie. Jose Aldo gets the win there. You say, I'm coming back, but I need to defend this 145 belt. I jump down to 145. You fucking knock out Aldo again. And then you can go back and fight Diaz because that's going to be even more marketable than it would have been at UFC 200. I guess Krasny doesn't like the UFC talk that much anymore. Well, I mean, no, I'm just messing around. No, here's the thing. McGregor needs to go knock Diaz the fuck out. That, that's what he needs It's to a do. snooze fest he because the fight's not happening. Hit him, with, hit him with his right. hardest Krasny's shot. Right. It's a, it's like, a snooze fest because the fight isn't taking place. If this no. was UFC 200 it was going to be McGregor-Diaz rematch, I'd be way more fired up than I am right now. I gave my Krasny gave a conspiracy theory earlier. I gave my one UFC conspiracy theory last week. I want to have, I got two on this one. Oh, either, I had a UFC conspiracy either, theory? Either... No, I had a UFC conspiracy theory. You had an NHL. Oh, okay. Theory. I was okay. like, whoa, whoa. What, what I'm saying is either they're, they knew 201 was going to be a shit car if 200, so they're waiting to have Diaz McGregor on 201, or else, like Tony just said, if McGregor loses again, he's not marketable. Well, so then, they purposely went to McGregor and were like, hey, act like you backed out. We'll do all this crap. Then you fight the winner of 200 at like 204. You could <clears throat> hopefully knock him out. Sorry, I have a little bit of cold. But uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, if I he fights th- Aldo again, I think I think this is the again. UFC protecting Dana White himself, already said, George, but I think it's not giving the fans what they want. Dana White already said that uh, McGregor is going to fight in the 201, 202, 203 against the winner of the... For the he's going to fight for his So no matter what, title. Diaz McGregor's off. Allegedly. But ah, at the it. same time, I mean, like we said, Dana White said that, and it makes more sense because here's the thing. Now you probably got a rematch of Aldo McGregor, which... It's like, yeah, McGregor lost, but that was I at thought Frank Yeager was your boy, Tony. You may be doing a little bit of... Seesaw. I'm not seesawing, you motherfuckers. Uh, no, you're definitely not. His way you know what? I think Chicago! Frankie has a good chance to win that fight, but you know, as far as Aldo goes, I think that fight was such a... Such a I mean... Flu- I don't want to say fluke, because I think it was going to happen anyways, but we didn't really get to yeah, see anything. 13 in seconds fight. in, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to see but anything. But no, I'm saying, like, Frankie's already lost to Aldo, which is why I think... And like we said, Silas makes fights. By decision, correct? Yes. Yep. Where Aldo has the ability to sit there on the outside, pick Frankie apart, even because he's one of the guys that can match Frankie for speed. And then that's where you'll get Aldo winning another decision. Then the UFC can mark it like crazy. <sighs> oh, uh, title unification bout, McGregor-Aldo rematch. You know, Aldo saying this last time was a fluke. McGregor wasn't. Let's see what happens. Yeah. D- d- McGregor goes out there. He knocks out Aldo again. Yeah, he defended his belt now. It's awesome. He unified so the title once again. you're saying down the line, right? I get it. And then for his next fight, and now it's even bigger like it was the last time he fights Diaz again. All right, all right. On the show, should we had two minutes for UFC just to say that the fact that DC was fighting John Jones and said McGregor and we're at like well, it's better minutes. than the two minutes we got coming up. I'll tell you that. But uh. all right, let's get moving to the next two minutes we have. Let's we gotta find the clock. Let's get the clock up on the computer. We're gonna do Tigers in two minutes. We're gonna start right now. Let's go. Tigers are uh, they're moving forward. They're in second place in the Central. Yeah, I mean they had they've had a good week this past week. They've won some games, put up some extra offensive numbers, and their pitching's been pretty solid. So good week for them. I think when we said Tigers in two minutes for, at this time of the year, it should be Tigers in one minute. Okay. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just not that much going on it's in not, baseball. I, it's you know not your like, fault that they can't, you can't get Tigers baseball out there in Seattle. But we had the rookie, uh, Will Former. He might be the rookie, but I think we traded for him. He came up and got his first big league win. Justin Verlander got a win. He's looking pretty good out there. Tyler Collins swept all the fans. It's, just, it's crazy how it works in baseball. Last week we were on here, we were 8-9. We were fourth place in the division. We sucked. Now we're thirteen and ten, second place in the division behind the Royals, who probably win it all again. And it's just baseball; it's just so well, up and I mean, down. Well, a, a it's early in the season, so oh no, a, actually Chicago has like, lead in our division. Wins, the White Sox are killing it, seventeen yeah. and eight. Well, like right now, it's like because it's early in the season, like a couple wins in a row will jump you up and down like nothing, nothing. And then uh, also with baseball, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's one hundred sixty-two games. Oh, we won five. So maybe play cliche. Six a week. What a cliche. You play six games a week, Frank. That's why we're only putting two minutes in this bitch. All right. Well, can I get? A, can I put my sense? Let's go, in? Frankie. We got exactly thirty-five seconds left. Well, I'll make it quick. So I uh, was turning on my radio in my car to listen to the second best show in Detroit, ninety-seven won the ticket two to six, and um, the Tigers were playing, so they took over the show. And I got really the second best in the country. I got really pissed off, and uh, I was upset that they were on the radio, so I couldn't listen to the real pro- uh, second-best program in the country. So that's my story about the Tigers. That's all I really care about. They just take away the airtime of a good sports show. 
I just, you know, the bats hit someday, they don't. This team's based on bats and not pitching, <laughs> and that's not good. <laughs> you and Tony with that's the cliches. That's not a good way to do it. I'm sorry about the cliches. I hear one more cliche. I'm going to send you guys over to the light. Oh, yeah. it, is what it, is. it is what it is. And we are up. We are up on the time. Tigers two minutes, minutes is over. Sometimes some, they hit. And you know, about a month ago, we said we're running on a dark time in sports, and we had a lot of great topics thanks to what's happening. The NFL draft, for example. Lorenzo Tommy, what's his name? Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil getting high <laughs> for the draft. Sorry about the degradation of the program. We've been drinking. Uh, it is a celebration because Krasik is in town. I'm going there for my birthday in a couple of months, and uh, it's probably the next time I'll see him. You know, I'm glad to have him sitting across from me. You want to hug it out or hug it out real quick? Uh, I'm going to go a little farther than hug it. I'm going to grab his butt cheeks. Boys, wow. it's, it, okay. it's great being in town. You know, there's no place like home. Uh you know, it's it's great. It's great to finally be sitting here and not you know not be on Skype. Uh, oh, and there's no place at home, really. We're gonna talk, bitch on my cliches. Hey, we're, we're going cliches. It is what it is. Oh, and there we go. Worst All cliche. Right, there we go. Put that one on the soundboard. Oh man, we're, we're, we're making no. We're gonna, in all seriousness, we're gonna it's gonna have you. Have you buddy. We uh, we love Thanks, you, man. and we really don't get to do this very often, guys. You know. Uh, the, we're used to having Joe, you know, through the airwaves via Skype, and this is just a big deal. So, awesome show! Don't crack, what are we? What are we? Uh, what are we at here on time? That's a long show. Yeah, we're about an uh, hour and a half in right now. So. Hour and a half. We'll shoot for an time, hour. Yeah, time to wrap things up. I think we only well, have four out of the five weekends this month going for a show due to our uh, data upload limitations. We're going to be doing Zorba's, a local establishment, a little late night yeah, coney. I'm about to show my dick into some cheese fries. Oh my god! Straight in, <laughs> no condom. Hopefully, you don't upload that to our YouTube channel. Which, by the way, we are adding a YouTube channel. That's a big deal. That's a big yeah. Deal. Let's get on no, that. Tony, tell us more about it. Yeah, I mean, like my little rant I had earlier talking about MLS, and as Jerry said, our data limit for our media hosting for the podcast. There's sometimes there's topics we don't get to cover on this show. Other times there's topics we want to give our reaction to right away. So. You can look up Revolutionary Sports Front on YouTube. We should have some videos posted up there pretty soon. And it'll be us just doing rants, maybe a few of us together. Sometimes some of us just going solo. So There'll be some other videos on there, too. Yeah, Don't I think worry. Frank wants to put up his workout regimen for some reason. Which has become strict since he's gone on the wagon, besides tonight, making an exception for Krasik being home. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I yeah. kind of took him off the wagon last night, too. So. <laughs> It's it's yeah, been a Tony, cheap weekend, but the there's going to be some fitness. Oh, oh, one more news. Tony has an F-150, proud owner of a Ford F-150, proud supporter of the Ford family. Black, or is it emerald green or some bullshit like that? Yeah, it's like gem green metallic, some I think, bullshit. color. But some bullshit like it's that. It's nice. Got a new car this morning, <laughs> right, so this, I'm this enjoying it. This show's just going for their dollar. Tony, pay the fucking bills, and let's go get some Zorbas. So as we said, check us out on YouTube, Revolutionary Sports Front. You can email the show at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. You can find us online. RevolutionarySportsFront.com. Find us on Twitter, RSF Podcast. I mean, I tweet from there. Jerry tweets from there every now and then. Maybe Frankie will start tweeting from there too, and Joe. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Revolutionary Sports Front. There, like us. It's the easiest way to follow the show. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us reviews there to let us know how we're doing. Also, you can leave comments on uh, Facebook to let us know how we're doing. Or as I said earlier, just shoot us an email. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Oh, yes,